Welcome back to the Winging It podcast, how to build, maintain, and totally own a career that you love. Every week, I'm sitting down with an expert to help business owners and career women learn something new that will help them achieve success and balance in a career path that makes you happy. Today, I'm joined by a woman who started blogging as a way of getting a job in PR. She now has over 1 million followers on Instagram, travels all over the world, and has recently launched a clothing brand. If you're listening to this on your phone, make sure you get the best experience by downloading the Entel app. Entel is an interactive podcast platform that combines the best of audio storytelling with the richness of the web. So this means you'll be able to follow links, view images, follow people on social and much more by just tapping your phone. The music for this podcast is epic, I know. It's been provided by The Edit Album, a curation of copyright-free music for creatives. Our listeners get 25% off with the code SASSY25 and I'll leave the link in the description box or if you're listening on Entel, you'll be able to click the link now. Let's do this. Isn't the beginning of podcasts always so weird? I'm always so weird. I always sit here and I'm like, when do I announce I'm in the room? <laughs> She's in the room. I don't know if anyone recognises that voice. Hi. But I am sat here with Sarah Ashcroft. I know, back in a podcast room. It's my favourite place to be. It is recently, isn't it? We're, we're both sitting here with some very sassy headphones on. And <laughs> I just said that it looks like we're about to drop an album. Unfortunately, that won't be happening, or probably fortunately for you guys. <laughs> so for those listening who don't know who you are, which could be potentially rare um <laughs> who are you and um, what do you do oh god this is always a fun question so i am a social media influencer slash blogger slash now businesswoman yes which is very exciting which is also how i know lucy yes um so no so yeah that's kind of me in a nutshell really okay so can you talk us about your career from the beginning like what's the first job you ever had Okay, so the first job I ever, ever had was working in a little boutique in my local town. Oh. Which retail. And I think I started when I was like 16. Because nice. I wanted to work in retail because I was always knew that fashion was going to be something I was going to end up doing. So yeah, so I got this job and I'm not going to lie, absolutely hate it. But does anyone actually enjoy working in retail? Oh my God, I worked in River yeah. Island for two weeks and quit. Exactly. When I was 16, it was like the worst thing ever. All my friends used to have jobs in retail and we all sit around to this, to this day and we're like, how did we survive that many years of retail? I do not know. Because it just, it just, I just, honestly, whenever I walk into shops, I just want to go up to people and like shake their hand and be like, well done you for working in here because you deserve a medal. It's just, and then I left there and I went to Monsoon Accessorize. I worked oh. there for two and a half years while I was at college. And I did actually enjoy that. The discount was amazing. I got 70% off. So I was oh, loving life. That's probably like the best part of a retail job. Yeah. Yeah. And then um, I was like, I think I did my kind of time and I was like, I think I did three and a half years and I was like, I can't do this anymore. And then weirdly enough, I got a job as a promotional model, which sounds really glamorous, it's not at all. So basically, you know, like when you're in like stations and people hand you out, I don't know, like Muller yogurts or yeah, water, yeah. that was me. But I had this one job where I stood in Reading Station and I handed out North Stock Pops for like two days straight from like 8 a.m. in the morning until like 9 p.m. I mean, at night. That's like a staple for a taste of It dish. really was, it really <laughs> was. And to be fair, the money was great. It was like £12 an hour. Oh. For literally That's standing amazing. there in like, a, I mean, yes, at some point I had to dress up in some weird stuff and I had like a naught. Did you dress on. up as a stock cube? No, I just, <laughs> I just had a green apron on. But I went, I went to, I did a really fun thing. I went to Freeze Festival in London, which is oh. like, I'd never heard of it before. It's like a snowboarding festival. And I went with Sean. In London? Yeah, really weird. They do like a fake oh. kind of like, you know, you get dry ski slopes. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
So it was like that, but it's like a fake snow thing. And I was there with Shaw deodorant, and there was like an igloo that I worked in. We had like a, we were the igloo girls. It was great fun. Oh, I've actually done that before in an igloo. It was for Volvo though. Yeah. So, you know, like, I, enough, none of this was leading me on to what I was actually going to be doing. But, you know, I was thoroughly enjoying myself. I love hearing what people's first jobs are. It's, like, hysterical. I know, I know. I didn't really want to leave. But the reason I left was I was... So I went to college. This was while I was at college. I went to the Fashion Retail Academy. Yeah. So I didn't do uni because I knew that I was never... I was never academically clever, but was always quite creative. So I was like, I did this one year course at the Fashion Retail Academy, and it was kind of everything to do with fashion. It was styling, buying, PR, all that sort of stuff. And um, yeah, so while I was doing that, I was like, when I left, I was like, PR was what I wanted to do. And so on the side, I was like, went to all these job interviews and they were like, do you have a blog? And I was like, what the hell is a blog? I hated blogs. I was like, I just didn't understand them. It wasn't me. I didn't read them. But I was like, okay, really need to start one because I need to get myself a job. So yeah, so then I just literally started it. And I remember because I was still doing my promotional modeling at the, at the, at the time. And um, I was standing in Reading Station doing this Norse.cube thing. And it'd probably been, I probably had my blog for about six months. And someone stopped me in the station and was like... I, I follow your blog and I was standing there wearing a Noor stock. How many followers do you think you had at this point? Probably not even that many. I reckon I only had like 50,000, I think. But literally, to me, that was like, that oh, was that's great. one person too many recognising me in a Noor <laughs> apron. And I was like, I think it's time to quit and just do the blog. And that was kind of how it started. That's why I quit that job. So it kind of like, it enabled me to kind of buy clothing up until that point. But I was like, no, I can't have anyone else noticing me while I'm standing in a shopping centre wearing like God knows what. And then I've got that this glamorous so Instagram funny. life that I'm pretending is my like actual life, but no. Like, what are you doing here? Are you working with Literally, them? are you are you there for, are you knew the face? Are you the face of North Stock Cubes? <laughs> Other stock pots are available. But uh yeah, no, weird. That is Very so weird. Funny. I know. And so then, then what did you do? There. Oh okay, yeah. Started Instagram. Yeah, <laughs> literally. And then what did you do? Literally started Instagram. I feel like I was there from the beginning. I was there when you did your driveway. Pits. And they were some special photos. At the time. They were groundbreaking. They were. Do you know what really upsets me? Is that I deleted those blog posts. No. Yeah, I know. How offensive is that? That is really offensive. I've, I don't know what I'm... I think I must have just... I mean, I, don't get me wrong, I was very embarrassed by them. But at the time, I was like, want to get rid of them. But now, I wish I'd kept them. Do you know what one of my guilty pleasures is? Scrolling back on influencer profile right to the beginning to stalk them. <laughs> so weird that you say that. Literally, I think it was yesterday, someone sent me my first two Instagram photos in a DM. And I felt like replying, just why? Like why? No one keep wants it, to see like, that. If you're gonna do it, keep it to yourself and don't tell anyone you've done it. No, but also six years. Yeah. She scrolled through. Yeah. I'm pretty sure. It takes a while. Six years. Yeah. And I upload a lot. So I mean, wow, that must have taken a lot of her time. It weird. <laughs> and then what did she say? She just said like, I think it was something I can't remember. I find it, but my DM's a bit full. It was probably something like I think she just laughed. She went, oh my God, lol. Like, a lot of people are like, oh my God, the glow up. I'm like, yes, I know. I've lived through the glow up. I do know that. I feel like everyone... This is when everyone's now going to be going age. through my Instagram. Yeah, like. please don't do that. Or like, if you do, keep it to yourself. Because, you know. <laughs> you know, we know what it looks like. When did you start to like make money from Instagram or like monetize a blog? Like, because it's funny because when you started, obviously, I mean, I've listened to a podcast recently where you're talking about it, but it was one of those times where blog like Instagram wasn't like no one really knew what it was yeah. like it wasn't really it wasn't hashtag ad we weren't no, doing that then my god no it was so just it was just a, such an innocent little platform it was where you just share a photo of your cat 
and your mum. And that was literally what it was. And I do, I actually, I kind of miss that in a weird way. Yeah. As much as I love, obviously, what it is now, and it is amazing. It. I remember when you used to just post pictures because you you liked it, but now it's like, will other people like this kind of thing? Yeah, it's like I that guess mentality. it is like that for you, isn't it? But, um, I mean, I... I would say it was probably six months after I started. Um, I can't remember when my first ever paid post was. I think it was honestly, I wouldn't even know. I know that my first ever um, free thing came from a brand called Lamoda. They sent me this pink handbag that had like gold studs all around the side of it. And to this, I mean, I wouldn't be seen dead with it now, I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> but I remember they messaged me and I was just, they were like, oh, we'd really love to send you something. And I'd been doing it probably for six months at this stage. And I couldn't believe that a brand was want, that someone was gonna send me something for free. It was just baffling yeah. to me. And I just was over the moon and obviously posted it and was doing all these blog posts with it. And then it kind of snowballed from that. But never in a million years would have I expected to be paid for it. Yeah. So then I think it probably would have been about a year after that maybe I would have started being paid. But I don't even know what would have happened. I can't, yeah, I don't I know I can't if brands, actually remember. Yeah, I can't remember either. I think brands probably just started it must like, have sending been, stuff out yeah, for free. It must have been that someone said, I think it would have been, it probably would have been one of these, unfortunately, it would have been like one of these tea companies or something like that, which, I mean, and I've never actually done it, so I wouldn't have accepted it, but it would have been like, um, they probably would have said, oh, how much do you charge? And then I would have thought, okay, well, hang on, am I supposed to be, do you know, do you know what I think? Mean? I've seen on Twitter people go like, bloggers saying why do brands expect to send me stuff for free and for me to post it for free when it's my livelihood yeah like you should be paying me for it so maybe it's kind of come from that yeah and I mean I think in this day and age like girls who've got 10,000 followers are charging which I actually find weird but that's only because when I had 10,000 followers I was just you know loving I was just doing everything and anything for free but it but the industry has changed so much now I mean the other thing I will say is when and I've had this experience working with my clients, is yeah. when you work with people that have 10,000 followers, that's fine. And you know, it's just a case of checking what their engagement is yes. because it's so easy. It's ridiculously easy to find someone that's got 10,000 followers. And yeah. actually, you know, they might've bought 8,000 of those or they might've exactly. used the bot. So you do have to be super careful. Yeah, and that unfortunately is the big issue these days is that buying followers and buying engagement is just so common. Yeah. So I feel like for brands, Luckily for me, and I think that's why I was so keen to start my own, is I feel like I, I've just got the, the insider knowledge that most people don't have yeah. in the fact that I know, I mean, obviously there's gossip in the industry, so we all know who buys their followers and who's doing this and who's doing that. But it's just, you know, and also there are ways of knowing and seeing like what is fake and what's real. But I think, you know, it's just weird. Like, how, as I say, how I honestly, I think I would have got to probably about 250,000 followers before I was even charging. But that, that was because it was different, mental. I suppose. It was so different. Yeah, it was so then. different. Whereas and it was now, much more organic. Yeah, like I I know there are girls on Instagram that have got 30,000 followers and I've worked with brands that have said they've sold so well for us. Because it's not necessarily yeah. the quantity, sometimes it's the quality of the influencer. And there are girls who are smaller but will sell things so well because they've got such a like engaged following. Yeah. So it's not saying that you shouldn't charge when you're small. It's just, you know, really knowing your worth, I think. Yeah. And making sure that you are, Definitely. you know, worth what you're charging and all that kind of stuff. Because the last thing you want to do is let a brand down or make people annoyed when you're charging and you yeah. know that you're not giving anything back if that makes sense yeah there's actually also an app called <laughs> there's a website called social blade social blade is a hilarious website. where you can basically check people's engagement yes. levels i mean it's not always 100 percent correct no. but you can and, and this isn't just like an influencer thing you can check brands as well because yeah. i think from your end it's probably important to know that kind of yeah, stuff as completely. well um but yeah you can check if people have <laughs> 
Literally, it is a very interesting website. There's a lot of tea to be spilt on that website, should we say? There is. Yeah. Indeed. <laughs> um, so you think probably around 250,000? Yeah, I think so. But that was probably, that would have been five years ago now. I would have said that I had 250,000. And now you have a million. Yeah, which is mental. Crazy. I love the Insta post. I know, I was so extra. Like, so extra. I was wondering what you were going to do. I was so trying was everyone, to, I, think. I was sat there trying to think, like, can I help? Like, what can I think of? <laughs> I think people had honestly thought that I wasn't going to do anything. I think they were there, like, was just like, because I had girls messaging me, like, oh my God, congratulations on a million. Like, are you going to post? And I, I, I wanted to, that basically, everyone always says when you hit a million, you've got to get over a threshold because sometimes when you shout about it, people will unfollow you on purposely to make you drop below a million. Weird, but it happens. So, and I've seen my influence mates that happen to, and I'm like, oh God. So I was like waiting and waiting for it to get over a certain number before I actually said it. So it was like five weeks after, and I was like, okay, I'm going to do something. And my boyfriend was like, why don't you just get some balloons? And I was like, balloons are done. Yeah, they're over. I was like, this is a million. It's a big deal. So yeah, so then like these flower wall companies kind of just was like it was the only way forward I was like I need a flower wall I knew you were going to do something I was just waiting for it I was like there's something coming I can just tell yeah do you use reward style yes so actually reward style was my first to be fair actually that was the first way I started making money 100% was I was six months into my blog I had an email from this girl called Anna who worked at reward style and she was like well we really want you to join and at the time, I had, I honestly, it was like a, a whole other language to me. I didn't understand it at all. But Anna, like, spoke to me on the phone for a bit. She really explained it and, like, took, took me through it. And she was like, honestly, once you start, it's really easy. So I linked my blog all up to it and, yeah, just started generating these links. And I, I think I made, like, £1,500 in my first month. Oh, my God, that's amazing. I know. And I was like, to me, at the time as well, that was so much money. Yeah. And to, be, to have made that from yeah. literally not doing anything, essentially... I was like, whoa, this is weird. So yeah, so I made I'd made this money, and then every month it sort of started to like double, and then it just got bigger and bigger and bigger until I was, you know, and that's when I left. That's actually when I left my job because I was like, okay, I don't need I don't need this because I'm making more from the other thing. And then yeah, then it just snowballed from there. And I do think for the first good probably two and a half, maybe three years in my blog, reward style was the reason I was doing it full time. Because as I say, I wasn't really charging for Instagram posts. And if I was charging, it wasn't a lot. So my main income was coming from reward style. And I think there's a statistic or something that one in three online sales is an affiliate link or something. Yeah, it is. And that's just mental. So it just proves that the power of affiliate marketing. And I now know that more than anything is because obviously I've done it myself and seen like the money in it. Yeah. So it is mental. And also like nowadays... I knew as an influencer that if someone was on an affiliate, let's say it was a small brand and they were like, okay, we don't have any budget, but we have an affiliate scheme. Sometimes if I really like the product, I'd be more likely to post it because I'm like, well, okay, you can't pay me, but I can actually make some money anyway. Yeah. So that's always a nice kind of way to approach influencers if maybe you don't have the budget to pay for their post. It's always a good way to maybe be like, look, we can offer you this I think that's a really nice case. tip. Yeah. Yeah. Because it does like, there's actually a brand called Unicorn Cosmetics who I work with and and I'm on their affiliate scheme and, you know, I'm more than happy to post for them because, you know, I, I get something back, really. Yeah. And, yeah, it's just it's just a nice way of kind of both parties win in a way. Yeah, it is. And also, if you like the product, then why yeah, not? Yeah, exactly. You know, like, and, th- and then it goes again as well that sometimes brands will message me who don't have an affiliate scheme but don't also have any budget, but I just love their product and I'm more than happy to post it. That's really but, nice. But I think it's just because that's how I started because yeah. it wasn't, it wasn't, a money-making thing when I first started. And still to this day, like, brands will send me stuff that I just love. Like, there was a, bra- a shoe brand called Naked Wolf, and they're 
I think they're blowing up at the moment. Their shoes are so cool. And they just sent me a pair of trainers and I just love them. So I was, you know, happy to give them a post because it's, yeah, I'm going to wear them love anyway. It. Do you know what I mean? And I do think that's quite important, especially in as an influencer. I think it's important for influencers to keep in mind that, you know, you still need to share things that you love irrelevant of whether you're being paid or not. Yeah. Because that's where your followers, that's where you get the genuine trust from your followers is by posting things that aren't always paid and aren't just because you're being told to like them. Because actually, like, still to this day, I would say 70% of my posts are just organic. They're not paid. They're just me posting. Yeah. Because I like it. Yeah. But you've got a really engaged following. Yeah. I think that's probably why. But I do think that's where that engaged following has come from because yeah. I have never been so like everything's been like hashtag ad or do you know what I mean? It's very, it's more the people I think, I like to think people can genuinely see that I like this product that I'm wearing or really like what I'm showing off kind of thing. So yeah. Yeah. So if smaller companies are wanting to work with influencers, what's like the best way to get in touch? Do you think? What would your advice be from the other side? First what's of all, the right thing to say and what's the wrong thing the to say? The worst thing is do not ever email saying dear blogger or dear influencer. That will drive anyone up the wall. I get that too. I get it too often. Yeah. And it's because it's obviously a generic email that brands are sending around. But it's like just by putting your name in there just instantly makes it personable. Like yeah, the fact that you're calling me blogger, I'm never going to reply. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Or even like, hey, lovely. Because I think that's quite generic as well. I feel like if you're emailing for the first time, yeah. use their name because then they know that it's not a copy and paste. Because don't get me wrong, I am one for using lovely. Like I yeah. will, Once I know someone, you'll get lovely to the like nth degree. But when you're first messaging people, I think using their name shows that you actually have taken yeah. time. To do a bit of research. Yeah. yeah. So that also, or, or, you know, the same, same goes for like, hey babe, hey hun, hey, do you know what I mean? Like just use their name. Um, and then maybe even what I do love is when brands will email me, but they'll also say something like, for example, congratulations on your latest launch of your brand. Um, we're loving everything. This or just something so that you know that they've actually they genuinely do follow you. Yeah. Or something like, oh my god, loved your Bali photos, or how amazing was your trip to the Bahamas with your boyfriend? Like just kind of something that makes them realise that you're not just a brand that's yeah. just messaging doesn't because really you care. want something in return. Yeah. Because yeah. also a lot of those emails when they ha when they don't say something like that are like, oh we we've been following you for years, we love you, but it's like, but do you? Yeah, like what have you, what you have you seen I mean? that you... Exactly, and it also just, I think, by saying something like that on an email just instantly kind of creates like a relationship, because yeah. then I always think, and I'm like, oh, that's nice, like they actually do follow me and they generally do really like my brand and what I stand for and what I'm doing. Yeah. So I think that's quite important. And then I also think it's important to, I have a lot of brands that will email me and they'll just dictate everything they want from me and then they'll be like, is this okay? But I think, and it will, normally it's like, we'd love to send, and it, it does drive me insane because it's like, we're going to send you uh, £100 worth of clothes and we'd like all these posts to be done within the first week of receiving the items and we need the posts up and we need them. And I'm like, whoa, 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 bring it back because I actually charge. So we need to kind of, there needs to be a conversation yeah. had first of all because number one, I need to see your products and then I need to work out if you've got a budget. If you don't have a budget, then maybe we can see whether I like something enough and then I can, normally I say if they don't have a budget, I'm like, look, I can't guarantee a post, but it's a gift. And if I really like it, then I will, if I'm wearing it, I will 100% tag you. But you know, if, if you're not paying, I, my paid ones come first. But that does drive me insane when brands just come in and they just tell you everything they want. And then they're like, is this okay? Yeah, just build up a bit of yeah. rapport. You wouldn't do yeah. that in a conversation, would you? You wouldn't like have a conversation and be like, Hi, this is what I want. So yeah. what's your situation? Like you don't go into a restaurant and yeah. before you've even sat down go, so I want to order the spaghetti bolognese and then for dessert I'm going to have the chocolate brownie and I want it at my table right now. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So it's kind of like you need to sort of like just get up a conversation first because that yeah. does, I actually very rarely reply to emails when it's just like, this is what we're going to do. 
And I wonder what the success rate of those emails are because surely much. if you send stuff out like that and no one replies, you're like, well, what am I doing wrong? Yeah, change it up. I, a bit. I always think because they are, they do, they are often the very, very generic ones. I do think that they are sending it to probably a lot of influencers and maybe the smaller ones are likely to reply. But I think that is also important as a brand is to understand the level you're going in at. You know, like you. I think 100% work with influencers. I think they're amazing. But if you haven't got budget, don't don't go for the big guns first. Because at the end of the day, you have to understand that these people are worth what you're paying them, or most of them are anyway. Like, so you need to respect the fact that they're not going to post for you for free. Yeah. And it's just, uh, that is just how it is. My favorite line when I message influencers on behalf of other brands, um, I always say, if you like our product, which we hope you will, we'd love you to share the love yeah. as a small business. And that's the And thing. normally people are so like, do you know what? That's really nice. Yeah. Like, of course, we're so happy to yeah. do it. And that's what I would say. I think the, the most important thing is don't, we always, me and my friends or influence makes whenever we're away on trips and stuff, it's, we're almost a little bit stubborn. Like if a brand tells us, right, you've got to do five posts and we need them here and then, we're like, I mm, can't even bother. But if we go and they're like, guys, if you're enjoying yourselves, just post whatever, you know, like we, we want it. you to share the love, blah, blah, blah. We'll probably give them 15 posts. Yeah. It's more just about like actually, it, it just is, you know, if you Filling say, if you, if you like it, please feel free to do something, but there's no pressure, but like blah, blah. And that honestly works more than, I think people are scared. Also, we're to millennials, that, so we don't like being told what to do. Exactly. <laughs> it's like the old story how, like, if I'm told to put my plate in the dishwasher, I'm not going to do it. Yeah. But I was always going to do it, but the moment you tell me, I'm not going to yeah. do it. Yeah. So it's that kind of thing. And I think people are scared by saying, oh, if you like it, please do something, but no pressure, that they're worried that they just won't. But actually, if you say, by the way, as soon as this product arrives, we need a post, you're less likely to get something. Yeah, people it's just, are going to be like, I don't even know you. Stop yeah, telling me what to do. Exactly. So I think that's important is just understand. I think, I think it's just the same old story, isn't it? It's just speak to people how you'd want to be spoken to. Yeah, 100%. So And people just kind of lose that, especially when yeah. they're under pressure at work. Yeah, exactly. Um, So let's talk about SLA. Yay. Woo. I know. Um, how did it start? How did, how did it start? <laughs> well, I'm, this is weird for me because I know. Cause yeah, I've, you're just going to have to sit there and pretend. I've had the spoilers <laughs> from day one. So SLA the label has probably been like, it's been over two years in the planning in my head, but it finally kind of like, I decided that I needed to do it. Um, when I was, I just sort of, I reached a point with my influencer career where I was like, I feel like I've gotten out of it everything I can. I felt like I was almost not getting bored because you can't, I can't say I'm getting bored because I have the best job in the world. But I just felt like I was, it was not challenging. I was just like, there must be more than this and so I was like I was like I need I want my own brand and so that's what yeah I just literally started it and I had not a bloody clue what I was doing at all not a clue but I don't think anyone really does do you know what I mean and I just kind of learned as I went along it even makes me laugh because I look back at some of the first samples I got made and I'm like god I I would I never would have put them I would never would have had them but at the time I was like my god these are amazing and then it's obviously just taking time yeah and it evolves as you go um, but no, and I think it's just for me personally, I was really keen to have something that was mine because I always have this fear that if Instagram dies, I was gonna say, I don't have anything. And I think that is important as an influencer to understand that you don't own it, nothing on Instagram is yours. Don't get me wrong, obviously, it's an amazing platform and we're so lucky to have it. But you know, think of Snapchat. Snapchat was my favorite platform. If someone ever asked me what my favorite social media was, I would say Snapchat. I loved it. I had such an engaged little following on there. It was they were like a little snap family, like. And then I just woke up one morning and disappeared, literally overnight. 
because they did that one weird update and Kylie Jenner was like, I hate it and no one used it anymore. Yeah. And that to me just shows how quickly something can come and go. Well, we don't use it in our generation. Oh my God, I feel so old saying this. <laughs> um, I actually went on holiday a couple of years ago with um, some family friends and there was a 13 year old there. They love it. They yeah. love Snapchat. That is true actually, because my one of my best mates' sister, she is 18, maybe 19 now. She's just gone to university and they're all, it's their main form of communication. Yeah, and this girl said to me, she was like, oh my God, you're on Instagram. That is so not cool. Yeah. I was like, oh my God, I'm not cool. <laughs> it is It is bizarre. It's definitely a younger thing. But personally, I quite like that my demographic is like 18 to 35. Yeah. Like I love, I like. Because they grow with Because you. they grow with me and you know, they, they have grown with me. And that's not to say, you know, obviously if they're young people that follow me, that's amazing. But I just, I personally like that you know, the things I'm talking about and like the language I use and yeah. all that kind of stuff is yeah. for a slightly older market. So, you know, in a way it's probably, that's why I don't use Snapchat anymore. Cause I think it was at the time, it was for everyone. But now it's definitely like a very like young audience. Yeah. Well, I've been working with a couple of other influencers and they come to me saying, can you build my website or uh, do my branding, whatever. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, but what's next? Because yeah. like you've built this Instagram following, but what are you going to do from that? Because yeah. you can't keep posting, on, you can't keep promoting other people's products. Why don't you do something of your own? And it's funny and because- And use your following yeah, to- Because not, not enough people do they that. They don't, they really don't. And it's actually weird that I will sit around and there's these amazing girls that I'm friends with that can sell so well but it doesn't even seem to cross their mind yeah. to turn it into something of their own. And that's actually for me, like I was making, I was aware of the money I was making for brands and I was getting, I don't know, 10%, 20%. And I was thinking, hang on here, imagine getting 100% yeah. and it being mine. Yeah. And that to me, I, I am very money driven and always have been. So yeah, and I think that's when I was like, just thought, no, I need to, I need to make something my own now. Cause also I don't want to be posting Instagram photos when I'm 30. Yeah, I mean, we've been working on that. I always say to people, I said to you from the beginning, didn't I? I was like, mailing list, yeah. we need to do it. Because I always say to people, if you have a mailing list from the beginning, then you have a direct way of yeah. contacting your customers. Yeah. And actually, it's really interesting because you can see, I mean, not by looking at people's emails, but you can see actually how many people are so engaged with your brand by the amount of people that sign up. Yeah, completely. And even like when I launched SLA, I don't know what I was expecting, but I definitely wasn't expecting it to now have 23,000 followers yeah. in like oh, two weeks. Because I, I, don't, I, I wasn't doubting myself, but that to me shows that there are 23,000 engaged customers. Yeah. Because they've gone from my profile and they've taken the time out to actually follow, not me, but a brand. Yeah. So I think that's, and that's also interesting just as an influencer to learn a bit more about you and what you've created. Yeah, that you really know cool. that you can, because number one, like obviously when I launched and things were selling out, I was like, this is amazing. Like I actually have a power to sell that well. And I think, you know, you why not try and find that out? Like it's a good thing. It's good also because then when you want to work with other brands as an influencer, you can be like, well, I'm actually worth this because yeah. I know I am. Yeah. So yeah, that. yeah. Um, so when you started, how did you even know where to start? Like, how did you find a factory? Because So this is a weird one, actually. So I actually had this woman email me. Um, she was called Sophie. She's from China. And she messaged me. She'd read an article of mine. And, and in the article, I'd said how I'd fallen out of love with blogging. And I wasn't sure what I wanted to do next. And this was literally two years ago. And she, she sent me this lovely email. She was like, oh, Sarah, like, I read your article. I was really sad to hear that you'd, you, know, you'd you didn't know what to do next. She was like, we're a factory and like we work with influencers and bloggers. If you ever want to start your own brand, we'd love to talk to you about manufacturing them. 
And at the time, I wasn't thinking about it, but I just put the email in a, in its own folder because I was like, I feel like I'm going to need that one day. And then, yeah, when I just, I think I just woke up one morning and I was like, right, now's, there's no better time than now to just do this. And I messaged her and I was like, look, I really want to start this brand, got no idea what I'm doing. Can you explain a bit to me? And for, so I was quite lucky that I actually didn't have to do the legwork of searching for factories and manufacturers because I feel like that's a really hard part of it. Yeah, it is. I, and I was so, because I obviously, this girl had come out of nowhere, she'd emailed me, and I remember when she said, when I sent for the first samples, I was a bit like, this could go either way. Like, these could be really good or they could be shocking, because I've got no idea where, do you know what I mean? Yeah. And I was so over the moon when they arrived. Like, they were just the most amazing quality samples I'd ever dealt with in the industry. So I was so pleased. And yeah, I just think, so I was very lucky. Because I think you can spend probably years trying to find somewhere to manufacture your stuff. Yeah, I always think a lot of people ask around. But yeah, do you know what true. I was thinking this morning? I was like, how do people find this type of stuff when the internet wasn't around? I can you imagine being like, I'm just going to have to go to China or I'm going to have like, to write a letter it's just and weird. send it out to factories in China to see who wants to make my product. So true. But no, I do think actually, yeah, what you say is right. I think a lot of people do ask around. So I think if I hadn't have gotten lucky with that, I probably would have. I've got a few friends that aren't influencers that actually have businesses that I've met like through being an influencer. And I probably would have asked them and been like, do you know anyone? Yeah. But yeah. Then you were lucky with the where they send it out because you already knew. Yes. So I had my logistics company was already doing some stuff for me on the side. Um, so that was easy. And they're people that I know. Like they're actually like yeah. family, friends essentially. Yeah, so, so that's nice. And I think that's important when you're starting something that is like your baby is to put it in the hands of people that you trust. Yeah. Because I was talking to my mum who's my PA and I was like, we need to find a logistics company but I just don't, I just don't want to put it with people that couldn't give like two shits about whether it comes out looking nice or what the packaging looks like or whether something arrives on time. Whereas I know with the company that I've got that they genuinely care. Yeah, because they want to see you succeed and they exactly. don't want to see people kind of like backlash being like, where's no. my order? Exactly. So yeah, so that was really lucky. So that was two things that I actually managed to find really easily. Um, but then it was just things like finding the packaging and all that kind of stuff and dealing with there's been, yeah, there's definitely been a few hurdles along the way. I've left everything down to the wire, right up to even the launch date. I mean, the samples, the samples when I shot them in LA arrived the day before I went. The swimwear samples arrived the day before I went to Bali. So everything oh, so you shot it in Bali? So I shot, well, I shot the content. I wouldn't say it was necessarily the swim oh. campaign, but I shot loads of social content. Um, but I'm going to shoot the swim campaign probably, like, just before it launches. It's in launch in, like, four weeks. So that's exciting, I know. Because that's the thing, I was like, I need to get something out soon because I didn't want people to think that SLA was just joggers. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I want them to know there are some. there is a lot coming. Yeah. But um, no, so I just, it made me laugh because I was like, everything has been so down to the wire. But I quite like that. I feel like it makes a funny story and it keeps you on your yeah, toes. Also, when you drag things out for too long, I've been working with people that are like, they've had their, they've had their products in the country for like weeks and weeks and weeks. Yeah. And they're kind of like, oh, you know, we're just kind of like plodding along. Yeah. What should we do? And you were like, well, they're going to come in and then we're just going to send them straight out. Yeah, literally. And they, that was honestly what happened with the warehouse stock as well. Like, they arrived on the Friday and it's all shipped out on Monday. But that's like, that was cutting it very fine. I yeah, won't be was, doing it again. It was worrying me. It was worrying. It was very worrying. I think it was worrying everyone. And I love that I was just pretending it wasn't happening in Bali. Like, ha. I was like, I don't want to bother you. But um. so, it was honestly, I, felt, I had this weird feeling the whole time I was in Bali. And I couldn't work out what it was and I realised it was guilt. Because I was like, I'm like sunning myself in Bali while I'm launching a brand that I'm like, I was honestly like this never happening again. But um, yeah, I was just like, if I didn't launch it then, it would have taken too long. 
Yeah. So it had to be done while I was away. But this is the problem. That's actually the hardest thing I think that's been hard, but just juggling it while being an influencer. Because I'm so busy with that. Yeah. And I travel so much and I can't stop doing that because obviously that is the reason why SLA sells. Yeah. So I have I to agree. keep doing it. But it's, that's why, I mean, I wanted to launch SLA in March and it's June. And that I think just shows kind of like how it's, you know, taken so long as an influencer to juggle everything together. Yeah, also I feel like when you work for yourself, why not travel? I know, and that's, that is the thing. And, and traveling for me is, I love it. And you know, life is too short to not do the things you love. Yeah. And like, I wouldn't give it up just because I need to try. I, I like to think I'm gonna multitask, I'm gonna just do it all because it works and it, it has worked, even though it's just taken a longer amount of time to actually launch, it still worked. But we're women of our age, men of our age too, probably. But you know, one for the girls. Yes, we're multi hyphenate, yeah. so we we just do loads of different things. That's and fine. also, like, I actually thrive off being like slightly panicked and busy. I'm a. Are you one of those people that like you get to near a deadline, you're like, yeah, I'll be fine. Oh, literally, be fine. It was. I've always been the same. Like even at even at school, like I would. I was like revise the night before an yeah. exam, even though I had probably four weeks to do so. But you need that. I need that stress to yeah. like make me do it. That's why I think I leave, that's why I think I left my arms to arrive like the day before. It's like I almost want to challenge myself. It's like a game. I mean, it's not a very fun game, but apparently I'm enjoying it. But no, I do think that I do like a bit of like stress in a weird way. Mm. And did you know how you wanted SLA to look? I know you knew how, like obviously how you wanted the clothes to look, yeah. but did you have this kind of like vision in your head of what you wanted the brand to look like? Because I think a lot of people do struggle with that. To be honest, I did and I didn't. That's why you came in handy because I knew I knew what I, I knew. I just all I knew is I wanted it to be like very simple and clean. But that's all I had in my head. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So luckily, Sorry, I'm Lucy, just bringing the conversation around to myself. No, luckily, <laughs> Lucy like had all the ideas because I didn't. It wasn't like I was like, right, this is what I want my logo to look like. This is exactly what I want. I didn't have any idea. It was like, please just come back with something that I'm gonna like, and you did. So I remember you posted it, and I was like, hey, this would be perfect for me. So I like sent these little emojis, like dee, 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 the sassy hair flick one. I just love that. That's, that's exactly the kind of reply. <laughs> I slide in people's DMs ones. with that all the time. Yeah, I'm like, that's the hey. good thing. The use of emoji, especially as someone who uses emojis way too much. If you use an emoji, you're gonna be my friend because oh, yeah. I don't like people that don't use emojis. Do you mm. know what I mean? It's weird. Yeah. I'm so into which is how great. am I supposed to tell no, you? No, I know you what your your you favorite emoji is the monkey with the, the monkey the hands over his yeah. mouth. Literally that one or no, yeah, probably that one or the smirky face. But the smirky face has got so many reasons. So, <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> but no, I just yeah, I just I just it was funny because everyone who was replying to that were just like boring. They were like, hi. Yes, we can do this. Oh my God, there's so many people who just don't, and it's marketing companies as well. They don't know how to market themselves. And also my pet hate is a company that builds websites that has a shit website. And I'm like, how are you, how are you even selling Or a really bad Instagram. Yeah. So it just drives me insane. And yeah, and also I feel like you just get a gut instinct. Like as soon as you replied and I checked, I just knew. I think you do just know, do you know what I mean? Yeah. And I was like, this is just going to be the one. People do say that about my Instagram. They're like, I just looked at it and... Plus also I think as a Pink. girl, yeah, I wanted I wanted that sort of like girly vibe because I am very girly, so I was just like, it works. Yeah. And plus it's sassy. I mean. Yeah, you couldn't work with anyone else. Ever, do like you, know what you mean? couldn't. Literally makes me laugh. <laughs> Everyone's always like, what's the name of it? I'm like, well, sassy. And they're like, I'm like, yes, it's sassy and it's amazing. Every time I say that to people on the phone, they're like, sassy. And I'm like, no, sassy, no, no, like, sassy. I'm a sassy lady. They're like, what? I love the like, explanation, like I'm a sassy lady. Yeah, well like, what else can I say? No, <laughs> I know there's no other explanation other than sassy lady. 
That's why it works. It does. It works for me. It's amazing. <laughs> How do you handle doing your Instagram and SLA at the same time? Do you find it hard? To be honest, actually, no. I feel like the two work so nicely together now. So, like, if I post something on my Instagram, I'll post a different variant on SLA. Yeah. So it's quite nice because they kind of, like, work alongside each other. And also... The goal kind of behind SLA was to be able to kind of take the pressure off myself posting a little bit because I like that SLA now is its own platform. And I think that my kind of like diehard like followers, they get to see more of me on that as well. So it's quite nice. Like a open members club. Yes, like for example, I'm- The Sarah Ashcroft Appreciation Society. I know, and I love everyone that's literally on that page because that's exactly what I feel like they are to me. And, um, but like, for example, I, what, I got back from Bali yesterday. I'm going away again on Sunday and I don't actually have any plans to take any content while I'm in England. But I feel like because I've got SLA's page, it takes the pressure off a bit because I can post on that. And, and also I'm so busy focusing on it a bit. Like, I don't know, I just quite like now that there's always these two sides of me. It's probably, that's probably a very weird, bizarre way of explaining it. No, I know it. what you mean though, because yeah. on your... On your Instagram, you're quite like, you separate your personal life yes. and your Instagram life. Yeah. Like, it's so weird. When I met you, I was like, you're this completely different person on Instagram. And my friends were like, what's she like? Yeah. I was like, she's amazing. Yeah. I was like, she's not not the same person. Like, obviously you're the same person, but just like you don't see that side of no. someone when you're not spending time with no. them. Like, people are always, people when they when they actually meet, when they want to like, oh my God, you're really nice. Because I feel like people think I'm going to be, which is, to be fair, I get it. Because I think on Instagram, everyone's got this kind of like hard face facade because you look a certain way in a photo and you judge people by a picture. We all do it. Like, I've met influencers and I'm like, oh my God, they're going to be really scary. And then they're actually, like, the nicest people. But I think, yeah, I just think I do keep my personal life separate. So people, when they meet me, they're like, my God, you're such a loser. Like, you're so, like... Because I am. I'm just, like... I do not care what I say. Like, I'm just, like... I love a drink. I'm literally, like, drunk 90% of the time. Like, it's just funny, really. I'm into that. Yeah. Mm, so into that. Do you know what I mean? So... Yeah. That's nice. But no, so I feel like as... It's good to keep it separate though. Yeah. actually, I think it's nicer for your... For when you want to have downtime. Like, oh, what do you do to relax? Completely. Like, my like, happy place is just being on the sofa with my boyfriend. But like, I wouldn't take photos of that or Instagram story it. Yeah. It wouldn't be like, oh, this is my Sunday night. I'm just, it just, I just don't post it. Yeah. So it's not something I've ever really been good at, really. Also, it's like, sharing. you want time together. Like, you don't need yeah. to share that. And I think that's why I was so keen to start SLA is because I want to be able to slowly but surely take a little bit more of a backseat. So I will always be an influencer and I will always post on Instagram, but it might not be as current. It might not be like every single day. At the moment, you know, obviously I'm feeling this pressure to post every day, but I like I would like the the thought of having a brand that, you know, is make me, making me the money that I need and then I can post when I want to post, but SLA is like my main thing. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? What I think is interesting is a lot of people say they want to post every day, but actually... My theory is why do you need to post every day? Because a lot of people have that kind of like validation thing. But actually the only reason you would need to post every day is if you're trying to sell something. Yeah. And you shouldn't be focusing, well, people in general shouldn't be focusing on the amount of followers or the amount of likes. Yeah. They should be focusing on the most important number, which is the one in their bank account. Yeah, it's so true. Because I think a lot of people do chase likes and I'm like, well, what are you doing it for? Well, it's funny actually you say that because I had a situation just like that when I was in Bali. So I launched SLA and the following day, um, my Instagram photo that I posted got really bad engagement on my personal page, so on Sarah Ashcroft. And I was getting so down about my engagement. And Joe, my boyfriend, was like, Sarah, your collection has just sold out on SLA. 
and you're worrying about how much how many likes your Instagram photo got, but that's the relevance. Your your business has just made you so much money, and you're worrying about the likes on Instagram photo. And I was like, it's so true, but it's just that it's the world we live in. And I was so annoyed at myself because I was like, I can't believe I'm sat here, but getting annoyed over the engagement on a photo yeah. when actually the thing that really matters in my livelihood, which is obviously making money for myself to live on. Yeah was doing so well and there I was stressing about like likes on a picture yeah you've always got to remind yourself of that yeah so I think and also that's the kind of mentality that I hope I can move away from when with SLA like that's the whole idea of having my own business is that I want to remove the pressure of like caring the basically because you can see the validation from strangers you know what I mean like why do I care so much am I like like my happiness will dictate on how good a picture does like whether I have a good day or a bad day is how good an Instagram does you know I really think that will change for you so quickly because now you've started around you'll be more focused on that exactly you you won't be so focused on the likes because you'll be like actually I think of a million other things that I've done really successfully it's so true and that's that is actually the hope that I wanted to get from SLA because I think as being sort of like a an influencer that has been around for so long and obviously with the algorithm change that's come in, the older influencers do struggle a lot more for the engagement because the algorithm just has worked that kind of way. And the newer ones, they just generally get better engagement. And I do know because a lot of my influencer friends talk about it and it does get people down, but it's like, you know, at the end of the day, we're still doing so well for ourselves. We're making a lot of money and brands are yeah. loving us. They want to work with us because they know how well we sell. And I think that... It's just important to not focus so much on that. But it's hard. Yeah. And it's hard. You've got to learn. I always think when you feel negative about something, think of like three other things yeah. that are good in your life. Exactly. And then it just kind and of And it is funny because even as I say how I said that I've got these few days in England, like I'm just focusing on SLA. Like I'm not planning on doing any content for my personal page and that's weird for me, but I don't, I'm already just not worried because I'm like, yeah. no, 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 like SLA needs my attention. Yeah. So yeah, it's funny how quickly it's probably going to change around really. Amazing. Uh, okay. I had three people in yesterday yes. and I asked them this question yes. and I got some amazing responses. Okay, okay, so what is one app on your phone that you can yeah. run your business without? You can't say Instagram. Yeah. To be honest, for me, it would have to be, it would have to be editing apps because I can't upload anything for my business without editing app. My favorite is Color Tone. So Color okay. Tone is there probably the app that I would not be able to live without. It's basically just a filter app. So it just put filters on your pictures, but they're just absolutely amazing filters. Seychelles and Maldives are the way forward. Is it free? Oh, Bonnie. It's photos. free, but you've got to pay. Oh, yeah, classic. You got to pay for your pack, but you only need to buy the first one. It's the only one worth buying. I am a sucker for an up- app upgrade. I love an app. Especially it's like a pound. You're like, yeah, whatever. Oh, don't. I'm so bad. Like you know your Apple subscription thing that you get billed for. Oh, I don't ever check it, but I really should because I bet it's horrendous. Mine goes like scrolls down pages. So bad because you do at the time you're just like yeah yeah I'll buy that. I was probably on Candy Crush like back in the day buying like free upgrades and I'm probably still getting charged for it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Because I don't check. No, you need to check that. I know it's really bad, but no, Color Tone is probably the app I can't live without. But just because obviously to have a really a, like aesthetically appealing Instagram, it's got to look nice. Do you and like so, the SEO? Used to be my fave. Used to swear by it. Um, but then probably about two years ago, I moved to Lightroom. And then after Lightroom, I'm now a color tone gal. Although I do still use Lightroom. But no, I don't really use Do you use Lightroom on your phone or on your computer? Both. But normally phone because it's just easy and quick. Do you have your own filters? No. I use uh, Do You Travel presets. Or used to anyway. But now... Yeah, that's actually a really great way of... Um, lots of people have presets you can buy, yeah. don't they? And I think if you are like a... If you are sort of... 
a very creative influencer or a photographer or a filmmaker, you should have presets, 100%. Take it to the next level. Yeah, definitely. I'm still trying to push my resume into doing it, cause she needs to. She needs to like have her own presets. Yeah. But it just takes time, doesn't it? Get it perfect. Yeah, it does. Okay, so, quote queen. Quote queen. Can you give us an inspiring quote do you know of what? the week? My current or tip one, that you live by. My current quote that I'm really trying to live by myself is don't be busy, be productive. Oh. Okay. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Because I do find myself sometimes, I'm, I'm really so busy, but I'm, am I actually getting anything done? Yeah. So I think that's a very important thing to think, am I being busy or am I being productive? And that's what I'm living by at the moment is I want to be productive, not busy. Yeah. Also, I have this real thing and I don't like to say it to other people. Yeah. Because I feel like it makes you sound like such an asshole when people are like, can you do this? And you're like, oh, I'm so busy. Yes. I'm like so busy. Don't even ask me that because I'm, I, let, see, like, I'm booked and busy. Until let me tell week. you, I'm busy. Yes. And well, I, I might feel like you, you almost say it to make yourself feel better. Yeah. But whether you're actually getting shit done is a whole other thing. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I agree. So I think that's that's my quote probably for the next like few months is don't be busy, be productive. I love that. Yeah. And also, I feel like when people say they're busy, they're not necessarily no. busy. I d- and I'm literally culprit of that. I will literally say to so many people, I'm really sorry, I can't, I'm busy, and I will be sat on my sofa. <laughs> I honestly will. I can't come out tonight. I'm like washing. Yeah. Literally. <laughs> but we all do, we all do it. We all do it. But no, I do think that it's important to not just kind of sit around and just act like you're being busy like I will flip between like pages open on my laptop and look like I'm doing something but I'm not really great app for that you need to get Microsoft OneNote okay it's like a to-do list and you can tick it off actually yeah I saw in your email you're talking about Microsoft OneNote and I was like what is this because look, I need this it. is my to-do list oh oh wow so like I've got all my clients down here and then like within Oh, it's got like a whole like open up the section. Yeah, so like I've got like here new biz. These are all like companies who have got in touch, and then I can like make notes. God, I don't know. Th- I don't know what I would. I don't know what I would do myself do with myself if I was that organized. It's really not that organized. Like, look, you can tell this is my to do list. It says January two thousand nineteen. It's just like continued down. Look how long just that adding is. Adding onto it. <laughs> no, but that's better than me. I think my to do list is written on like the back of a receipt somewhere. Well, that's okay. You it know, works for you. Or probably like a reminder in my phone. The only app I have that's of any sort of like organization is my Google Calendar. But yeah, I do love my Google Calendar. Yeah, love a calendar. It is good. That's good to know. When I booked today, I was like, is she can have a calendar. Is oh, yeah. Just in case she forgets. Google Calendar <laughs> is literally my life. I can't remember. I used to be a fully like write it down in a diary kind of gal. Like, really? Real, I yeah, tried yeah. so hard. I want to be one of those people, but I'm just oh, I so was. into I my was laptop. I was so like that. And I, people were like, that's weird why you not and I was like no, no no don't ever want to use it and then someone introduced me to Google Calendar and it all just spiraled from yeah. there and now Amazing. never again where can we find SLA? Uh, SLA The Label is available on slatherlabel.com and it's also on Instagram as SLA The Label classic <laughs> and we can find you at Sarah Ashcroft Sarah Ashcroft it's got an extra H in the middle it's very confusing I'm not actually Sarah Ashcroft as some people do think it's quite funny. Oh my god, I thought that from the beginning, mm. and then I realised. Yeah, literally, and I can understand why. I can understand why. Like, I, I whenever I book like restaurants, might book me in for meals and stuff, and they'll be like, "Say, oh, okay, your reservations under Sarah Ashcroft." But back in the day, when I started my Instagram, I didn't yeah, think I was like going to need to worry about it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. That's your so name. I just added an extra H because just Sarah Ashcroft was taken. Sarah Ashcroft, if you're listening, I will. I want that page. <laughs> <laughs> joking, joking. Amazing.
amazing. <laughs> well, if you want to follow us, we're at Sassy Digital, giving away free marketing tips all the time. And I'm at Lucy Hitchcock underscore. Thank you so much. That was amazing. Ah, bye. If you're enjoying winging it, I would love you to leave me a review. And of course, any feedback is welcome. Just message me on Instagram at Lucy Hitchcock underscore. And don't forget to subscribe because we have some awesome guests coming up. 